Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Friday, the 5th of March, and you are listening to the Podland Trailcasters. I am Keith Feltner-Smith. Ty and Chad can't make it today because, well, I guess we were insane to think we could schedule around running small businesses and making housing changes in 2021. So once again, apologies for the delay, but I've got Abdikal's Muhammad joining me today to catch up on the last month of Blazers basketball, what we think of the team's record and the players responsible for it and what comes next. As always, you can reach us at Trailcasters on Twitter, Instagram, all the other socials. You can write us emails at trailcasters at gmail.com. We'll take those too. Find me at Rip City Keith and find AQ at Abdikalis. That's A-B-D-I-Q-A-L-I-S. All right, we've got a lot to talk about, so let's get straight to it. My man from Minnesota, uh, Apple Valley, Minneapolis, all the way out there, AQ, Abdikalis Muhammad. How are you doing, sir? Hey, man. Uh, doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I think this is my first time on in a little bit, so glad to be here as always on the Trail Casters. This is the first time that I've been on in a little bit, man. We've been we've been bad about it. It is uh, it has been crazy times, but yeah, I've, I've already talked about all that. For us, though, let's just talk about Blazers. Let's get right into it. We've had 13 games happen since the last recording. 13 or 14, I believe. It's been a whole bunch of wins. Six wins for the Blazers, and then followed by a four-game losing streak where fans started to lose their minds. Uh, and now we've won three in a row at home to close it the first half of the season. At 35 games in, what's our record again? 21 and 14. We are 21 and 14, and that is the best record the Blazers have had in essentially the Damian Lillard era, is what I've been hearing. Uh, that first year when, with Lamarcus still here, uh, they had that great lineup with Lamarcus, Nick, Wes, uh, Dame leading the pack, and Rolo as well. well since Lamarcus left over the last five years, this is the best the Blazers have done over the first uh, 35 games of the season. That alone is something to be proud of. And you take into account that we have the insane injuries, the crazy season going on after last crazy bubble season uh, and everything. And man, I don't even know how to really account for this. I don't know how to how to kind of like quantify uh, what these guys are doing. But one thing that's for sure is it's is it being led by Dame. And I don't know about UAQ, but I feel like the biggest thing that stands out to me over this last sequence uh, of games, the wins and the losses, has been the heroics of of that dude. Uh, Dame is on. Just another level. It's insane what he's been doing. But what, what has stood out to you so far with, with these last 13 or so games? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this team, like you, you're kind of starting to get a feel for who they are. They're playing above their level, uh, and that's without CJ and Nurkic. Their their losses are pretty much very similar. Uh, a lot of a lot of double-digit losses uh, of late, um, but their wins have all been, um, you know, sometimes comeback, sometimes heroics late time. It's been Dame time for a long time now. Um, and you kind of have to like uh, respect their resilience. Um, I feel like guys like uh, Melo and Cantor, who aren't known for their defensive prowess, have been clutch, making clutch defensive stops like Cantor last night. Oh, my uh, God. Last night was amazing. Right. Like So um, I do want to give a shout-out here early on to hey. – Damian Lamont Lillard um, for his clutch time uh, genius, like, all season. So just going off some clutch time stats, the NBA defines clutch time as um, 
when the game is five minutes or less and the point and the difference in points is five or less. Uh, so Dame has 104 clutch time points, which is second in the league. Um, his shooting splits are 63% from the field, 58 from three-point land, and 100% free throw shooting. He's 16. He has 16 assists, which is tied for first. Um, his plus-minus is 42, um, and he is first again in field goal percentage, free throw percentage, assist, and three-point percentage. So Dame is literally absolutely carrying this team in the clutch and he's second in win percentage the blazers are 14 and 5 in clutch time games this season which is absolutely insane because most teams average about are close to 50 percent in one percentage that alone is something to point out too of our first 35 games this season you said we're 14 and 5 so that's so 19, 19. 19 of our 35 games have been clutch time games, as in, in the final five minutes of the game, they are within five points of, uh, of whether we're talking behind or ahead, a five point, just a close game. We, I think it was, how many years ago was it that we were all kind of dubbing the Blazers the cardiac kids or something like that? That was in the Damian Lillard era, maybe three or four years ago or something like that, uh, where it seemed like it was the same thing. Every game came down to the last minute shot, and a lot of them were like, you know, you're seeing buzzer beaters by Dame uh, when we were first getting a taste of what he could do. And now with what he's growing into, man, it is, it, it's insane. You mentioned that he's carrying this team in the clutch. He's just flat out carrying this team. He's doing amazing things. Um, I, you know, we, we should point out we've seen some great stuff from other guys. Like you mentioned recently, especially last night, insane play from Cantor. Uh, and Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington, the two of them kind of start out a little slow this season. There's definitely been some criticism. Uh, and even now, their three-point shooting is not ideal. I think they're both sitting in the, the low 30s. And if anyone listens to the No Show, um, my day job over with Brian and Eric, shout out to those guys. Uh, hey! We've been talking all week. We've been arguing. We've been bickering all week about Rocco and DJ versus Chief and Mo. Mostly Brian and I bickering. Eric is just kind of holding us apart and putting up with it. Uh, but it's revolved around the three-point shooting versus what else they're bringing versus the four years of Chief and Mo and knowing where the ceiling is versus the potential that these guys have. Uh, all that, all, all that. what I'm trying to lead up to here is in the last couple of games, especially the, these three home games that we've had, we are finally seeing, I think, a little more of what we, we expected to see uh, when we brought these players in here as far as the defense, the, the two-way play, uh, just kind of the scramble they brought. And it has made a difference in the games. And uh, AQ, I'm not trying to run over you here either, but even beyond those guys, we've seen stuff from Gary Trent. He, ha- he has that three-point streak going where is it at least two threes made in, I think he's at 12 or 13 games now. He was at 12 the end of the night, I know for sure. Uh, he might be continuing that on. I don't even know because there's been so much to try and keep track of Carmelo Anthony moving up the all-time scoring list uh all sorts of amazing play but again all of that is getting overshadowed by Lillard uh as he not only pulls off the clutch time stats he is like I think this the the second leading uh second most field goals made in Blazers history is what it was he passed little Marcus for that so he's uh again he's he's climbing all the charts uh I think we even heard Danny Morang shout out to another friend of the show the other night talking about, uh, on Outsiders, talking about Dame is something like 25th in minutes played, but he's like first, second, third in so many of these clutch stats, just like you were reading off the, the amazing stats he's been putting up. It really is something what he's been able to do uh, without his two co-stars in CJ and Nerd. Uh, but what about the rest of this roster, AQ? Uh, among these guys like Gary, Mello, Cantor, our new defensive wings, uh, 
who stands out to you as like the second? Like, g- give me your top five players in order. Obviously, we've got we've got Dame as number one, right? So who falls in behind him of the healthy players uh, as being most most key to you? Like, who do you need to make sure when CJ Nurk come back? Who keeps getting their minutes? Who who is essential here? Yeah, well, first of all, you when you were shouting out players, I feel like you uh, missed out on Carmelo Anthony because this guy's been. Oh amazing over the last few weeks uh the last three games the to end the <clears throat> to end the break or to end right before the break he had double digit points in all of them he had 29 yeah. against the warriors on tuesday night which was insanely clutch or wednesday night excuse me let me interrupt real quick uh shout out to chad uh helm as well hey. normally on the show with us couldn't make it today like i mentioned uh, earlier in the intro but he and I last episode about a month ago argued a little hard. We bickered even after the after the pod about Carmelo's value here, and I was down on him. And I must admit, Chad and the rest of you, I, I'm wrong. I was wrong. He's been hot recently, and as much as Dame has carried us, Melo has been essential as far as that kind of release valve when pressure's getting on Dame, the guy that can go to the mid range, the guy that has these veteran moves just in his pocket, ready to go, and he has been amazing. So yes, sorry. Please, you uh, continue. Take the floor, sir. Yeah, so um, so if you're talking about players that need to really get going and keep or keep going to end the season here um, after break, uh, my top five obviously Dame number one, um, number two I would definitely put uh, Cantor at number two. I feel like since he's basically the only center we have these days with Harry Giles injured as well, he's been playing a lot of minutes, um, and he's been playing tough. Uh, he's been he's been um, dealing with you know. Uh, oh, I feel like some type of injuries himself. So just give yeah. him all these minutes. Um, he's a bad defender. We all know it, but he gives effort. You know, I know we can't he say. He looked good last night. He, he's doing pretty well last night, right? There are some people that you know have some defensive capabilities. Hassan <coughs> Whiteside, but you know might not give the best <laughs> effort at all times. Yes. So I would definitely put Cantor number two, um, and then number three, I'm gonna put Carmelo Anthony. Uh, I think there's a there's, there was a stat going on like. The Blazers have a really not good record when Melo is over double-digit points. Um, so when he's contributing, when he's hot, he's a guy that can get you buckets. I feel like CJ and Dame are the only two other guys other than Melo that can just get you buckets when you need to. Um, and then, uh, so that's Cantor and Melo. Number three, I'm going to put Gary Trent Jr. And then number five, I'm going to put Rocco. Those two, they are starting uh, shooting guard and forward. So we need them to show up. We need them to hit threes. Gary Trent has been insanely clutch and uh, insanely hot basically all season from three-point land. Uh, Rocco, uh, I know a few weeks back he was having like three blocks a game or something. Uh, yeah. Dow- against Dallas, he has like he had like six blocks. Against OKC, he had like four, so ten blocks in a two-game span. So Rocco, when he's playing up to his capabilities, he can be a difference maker defensively. Yeah, dude. Rocco, uh, Rocco and DJ both have been pretty impressive, but Rocco is definitely – the amazing he, he he has the potential to really just be a game changer uh the one thing that i've been a little surprised by i knew he was a streaky shooter uh but it has been one of those things where he will make a bunch of a bunch of threes one game he'll have a really good percentage and then you see some of his misses the next game or so when he goes cold it's just clangers off the front of the rim it's just it's so ugly at points so i'm i'm curious about that again if we were comparing to our old wings of Chief and Mo, if you compared, you know, it, we, again, we, I'm kind of going off what we talked about in the studio because it's just been an ongoing conversation that I can't get out of my head, Brian. Hey. Uh, but 
if Chief is kind of the better of the two between Chief and Mo, and Roko is the better of the two here, like if you're comparing if you're comparing Roko to Chief, I wonder what starts happening if Roko does have the, the, the kind of the streaky shooting where we can't really rely on him for the three pointers that we needed. Uh, what happens as time goes by and we get more games under him? The same way with Chief, where people really got tired of seeing that catapult three that was great when it went in, but it didn't go in often enough, you know, and he kind of disappeared at times on the offensive end and people didn't feel like they had to guard him in the playoffs. Do we run into that again with Rocco, you think? Or, or is he a player that he's uh, his, the defense he brings maybe or, or other factors is, are going to outweigh uh, maybe some streaky shooting? Yeah, I think, I think Rocco definitely has more potential than Chief on this team. And I feel like giving him even more chance to kind of acclimate, get CJ McCollum back, uh, give him more uh, space. So Rocco is definitely going to get a lot more free, uh, shots up, um, open shots, hopefully. So um, I do think Chief was a little bit better defensively with the size and whatnot. I felt like Chief also very underrated on, on how he read the game defensively. I hope Chief comes back from that injury uh, in Orlando. I know they have yeah. a decent team out there. Um, but, yeah, no, I think D, uh, DJ and Rocco, that pairing, uh, if we can get it right and give them a little time to get together and keep playing more, I think that could be a really nice pairing long term. Yeah, man, I'm with you. And, and you know, we started – I, d- I dove into the bottom of your list when you were giving those uh, essential players. Uh, Gary Trent as well, you know, we both kind of touched on him a little of, as far as what he's been doing for the team. Would you agree that uh, you have Gary Trent in there at your at your number four, right? If we went – number one was Dame, most important players, obviously. There, there's Dame on top. Uh, number two, you had Cantor. And then Mello, Gary, and Rocco, was that it? So Gary and uh, Cantor at two and uh, two and four there on your list. Those will be the direct people being replaced theoretically by CJ and Nurk when they come back. Would you agree they both go to the bench, or are you trying to mix any lineup, uh, mix up any lineup here? Like, would you keep one of them in as a starter? How do you handle this kind of a transition in the roster? Yeah, I think uh, Nurk and Cantor are gonna split up minutes, and even before Cant- uh, Nurk got hurt, they were kind of like. Not too far in minutes, and we yeah. all know Nurk. I feel like people are forgetting like Nurk is still coming back from his that leg injury two years now, um, and th- that's the type of injury you know where you're still kind of getting back to yourself. Uh, it might take a while. So, and then now this is his right shooting hand. Um, so, like when you get injured to your shooting hand, it's gonna take a while to get back. So, I think Cantor is gonna play a lot of minutes even with Nurk back. Uh, CJ and Gary Trent. I think Gary Trent is gonna be that six man. Um, as he was beforehand, he's going to be the first guy off the bench uh, getting either Dame or uh, CJ some rest and getting Gary Trent back out there. So um, I don't expect their minutes to cut drastically. I honestly expect people like Nasir Little, maybe Ads, to get their minutes cut off compared to like Cantor and um, uh, Gary Trent. Which is unfortunate, honestly, because I think Nasir Little, what, the 30 points that he dropped uh, at one game, whatever game that was, there's been so many uh, in between here and there. But I do think it's unfortunate that we'll see probably such a decrease in minutes for those younger guys like Nasir and Ant. But that is what we've seen before from Stas. He's going to play the guys he can trust, and we are trying to win this season. So as much as it's been nice to see the development, and I think it is essential for the team long term to see these guys develop, yeah, right now you gotta you got to play the guys who will produce um, so working our way again further up your list, starting the bottom for some reason like we did, like I did, my bad. Uh, we talked about Mel. We kind of touched on how he's been hot and essential for kind of taking the pressure off Dame when he's getting double teamed in these games. Let's talk about Dame a little more. You, you touched on his clutch shooting. 
but apparently he's not quite as appreciated around the league as we maybe see here in, in Portland and, and out of your satellite post in Minneapolis there. The, the all-star voting goes down and Dame, not once in his career yet, has been an all-star starter. I feel like there was a lot of thought that this was his year and he won the media vote sizably. Oh, oh, what's that? And the players. Yeah, the, the player and the media vote, he won both and sizably, not some small margin, but he more than doubled in each category what uh, Luka Doncic had, who was kind of contending for that last spot on the on the All-Star starters roster. Uh, but Luka won the fan vote because, I don't know if you want to say compare markets between Dallas and Portland or if you want to talk about Luka being an international player, he has so many more people voting for him, uh, even as casual fans. Uh, I have all sorts of problems with fan vote getting 50% of the kind of total weight versus the players and the media vote each getting 25. That makes no sense to me. I think the all-star game itself has all, all sorts of issues with it. The, the structure of the voting has its own separate issues, but I don't know. I, are, would you agree here that this is a, a serious snub or, or are Portland fans overreacting? You know, I, I'm, I might get a hate for this, but I think, uh, I think it's a little bit overreaction. What? Okay, you know, no, a couple yeah. reasons why. First, the, the All-Star, it's, it's supposed to be for fans, made by fans. So I get why the vote percentage is 50% towards fans. Um, and if fans, you know, whether it be international or not, if they voted Luca, like, they voted Luca, is, is that fair on Dame? No, it's not. Um, also, another thing, Luca, you know, was really good this season. He's been really awesome. Uh I, I watch a lot of Dallas games just because uh, I'm a low-key uh, Mavs fan. I have been ever since that 2011 Mavs run. Um, and uh, Luca's carrying the the Mavericks just as much as Dame is carrying the Blazers. Like I would even say he's probably carrying them a little bit even more because um, I don't think they have enough talent. I know this isn't a Mavs um, podcast. Um, no, you're good. Yeah, you're good. so I don't think it's I don't think it's like the end of the world. Honestly, like I remember in 20 was it. Yeah, it was Kobe's last season when Kobe was selected ahead of Dame. I feel like that that was kind of like crazy as time, even though Kobe was right, right. because um, it was kind of like Kobe's an honorary. Yeah, yeah, it, it was like him. It was like an honorary kind of a this is like Kobe's retirement tour kind of idea, right? Like, right. why wouldn't you want him in the game because fans want him there? Right. Okay. I feel like they should have created a spot for that because that took away from Dame. He was having a great season. Like, I feel like that was way more of like a snub than this one. Okay, still I the game. I do get your point. Yeah, Dame is still in the game. I get you on that. And how dare you, sir, take such a fan-friendly side of this and make me look like the, the villain? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm doing it to myself. I, I'm being the hater here with all this stuff. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It is a if it's an event for the fans, the fans should be voting on it. But the other side of this, if I was going to fire back, is that the All-Star nominations. They, they they go on a player's uh, resume when we're talking about Hall of Fame ballots and we're talking when we're talking contracts when players are looking at how much they and you know as far as the Hall of Fame ballots you could say look he's still in the All Star game so he'll still still be like a nine time All Star whatever you want to say but I guarantee you there are contracts out there whether it's dames or others that have it about being an All Star starter and that being a monetary difference to players so I don't know I don't want to say that you should make it separate events where there's one for fans and one's for merit but if you have this be about merit i feel like the merit should be a little more important for this than, than the fan vote i give the fan vote 
to the bench players. Like, let the starters be chosen by merit, and then the fans get devoted. Well, hey, you didn't get my guy Luca in there, so let's get him in there as the first reserve, you know, or something like that. Uh, there are things you could do to that. And hey, we don't need to go deep on the game itself, but uh, <laughs> I don't know how you feel, AQ. But I, I just, I, you, know, you and I have touched on before the riots, the uh, issues over Black Lives Matter, the issues over racial inequality uh, that's going on throughout our country in both of our cities here in Portland and down in, in Minneapolis. Uh, I have to be honest here, and I have to say that I'm a bit disappointed with the, not just the NBA, but the players themselves, uh, Dame included. Uh, I don't think they should be participating in the All-Star Game. I understand there are things in the CBA and the contract, uh, they are contractually obligated to be there, but We've seen players take a very brief uh, uh, hiatus from play in, in an effort. I don't want to call it a strike because, you know, there's all the things about terminology. Uh, but it's they took a hiatus from play in an effort to protest uh, what they thought was wrong in this country. And they should be doing the same thing here. There, there's We saw LeBron come out. We saw Giannis, uh, Kawhi. Many players come out and say... They didn't think they should have to play an All-Star game. They thought they weren't going to be held to do so. And then the NBA has basically said, well, money. And it sucks when, in my opinion, sorry to monologue about this a bit to you, but it, it sucks when, after the last bubble situation, I felt like you could really look to the NBA to be the moral sports league, kind of the one that you could look to for a good example, almost, in, in, in basic terms. And it feels at this point that they've kind of given in to, well, you know, we got to make money. And I'm frustrated that the players where... They could have used it. They could have had an opportunity here to stand up to say, "Here's what we value. This is more important than money." And instead, they've kind of said, "Oh, we need to make money too." Uh, and that, that that frustrates me, and it makes it hard to watch uh, the All Star stuff this weekend, in my opinion. But where are you at? Tell me I'm wrong on this, or or you know, tell me I'm not crazy. Uh, where do you stand? Yeah, I agree with most of what you said. Um, oh. I do think I do. I don't want to like put really like too much blame on the players because they especially like Dame because I remember Dame's quote was like he's saying like if we don't play I'm for it if we play like um, it's what the fans want so I'll go for it so I think the player side is that they want to do this for the fans I know a lot of fans like probably like us don't want this to happen just because we're still in the middle of a pandemic um, and but you know Adam Silver and the whole NBA board and whatnot they want this to go on uh, for a lot of you know TNT probably has a lot of money, all the different commercials oh, yeah. and the different sponsors. They have a lot of money um, into this, so they want this to go on ahead. Uh, do I agree with it? No. Do most of the players probably still disagree with it? Yes. Is it going to happen? Yes. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And you're not wrong. You're you're absolutely right about that. And, whew, thank you for just telling me that I'm not crazy. Because, <laughs> again, with some of the isolation stuff right now, Sometimes I doubt it. Sometimes I start to question. I might be a little, but that's a whole other pod. We'll get into that another time. Uh, the big thing is, if if anyone else out there feels the same or different about this stuff, let us know. Uh, we don't have to all be isolated. We can be having these conversations and hopefully having more podcasts, kind of center these conversations, and bring these issues around to uh, talk about you and I. If, you, if I can't get Chad and Ty on here, I know I have one more guy who is so committed that he goes out and buys a microphone because I'm being a jerk about sound quality. Uh, so thank you for your time as well as talking about all this stuff. I, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you get back to what you got to do out there uh, in Minneapolis. But where can the fans reach you if they want to discuss whether they agree with you or or uh, or send you crazy, 
crazy hate about your uh, your takes on on mellow and uh, and the rest. What, uh, what what's your what's your social media? Yeah, so you know, uh, a fun little story. Uh, I've been trying to change my Twitter at name to at AQ. Um, okay. I'm trying to bribe the guy who does have AQ. It's like this writer artist from new york and i'm like bro please let me have this at like i'll pay you <laughs> he hasn't responded yet so maybe he's off twitter um but yeah you can you can find me at at abdicalis that's at a b d i q a l i s um i tweet about the blazers i tweet about the nba um you know so um follow me out there uh, as always thank you for having me on it's always fun coming on here talking about the blazers thank you man it's always good talking to you and we'll do it again soon All right. It was so good to hear from AQ and so good to be back podcasting again. Thank you guys all for listening. We will try to make it happen more consistently. But if you want to help motivate us, send in your queries, your concerns, and your questions about the Blazers. It's easy for us to get bogged down in the topics that burn on our Blazer brains. But if that's not what you're thinking about, say so. I want your debates. We'll take all betting lines or prop bets too, if that's more your style. Send it all to Trailcasters on Twitter. Find me at RipCityKeith or send emails to trailcasters at gmail.com. Some of you have also reached out about wanting to get into podcasting. Just know that we at Trailcasters are here to welcome you and lend any help we can. The more the merrier. If you're curious, don't be afraid to ask questions. I will do everything I can to answer them. Again, send any of that to at Trailcasters on Twitter, at RipCityKeith, or send emails to trailcasters at gmail.com. One last thing here, the Fantasy League will return. A number of you guys reached out if we were going to end up doing like a shortened season or half season type thing thank you so much for your interest i really do appreciate that it was a lot of fun last time but with how hectic things are right now it just seems crazy to try and add in anything extra at all really so we'll get back to all that later but for now thank you for listening and in closing your honorable listeners that's it that's our show Thank you to Abdikalis Muhammad for joining me today, and thank you listeners for a great listening. You can reach out at Trailcasters on Twitter. You can find me at RipsityKeith, or send us an email at trailcasters at gmail.com. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Ripsity basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters. <laughs> we did it, Q! Good puppy!